Oh, dear Lord, what have we gotten me into? <laughs> I'm a person. I wanted to work with nursery because I thought babies didn't know more than I did. <laughs> I didn't want to teach bigger kids because I thought they probably know more than I do, you know. I've never been to college. I've never studied like that. I said, Lord, what have I done? And he says, my child, you're going in my name. You're going to do my work. I'm going to give you the words that I want you to say. And I says, okay, Lord. It's me and you. So I've been praying about this and praying about it, and God has really given me something I hope will touch everyone here. I know we have a lot of junior hires and high school kids, college kids, and you may think, well, you know, there's not a whole lot in, for parents and grandparents for us. But trust me and stay with me. There's something in it today for you too. I promise you that. Let's pray before I start. Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity to come before this group of people, Lord, to stand before you. Lord, I pray that you would give me the words that you would have me to say, that you would open ears, that it would be received and heard. And Lord, I just, I give you all praise and all glory. Use your Holy Spirit, Lord, through me. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you knew it was Grandparents' Day before you got here today? Anybody? Oh, I see one. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know when Grandparents' Day came into effect. I really don't. I know when I was a child, there was no such thing as Grandparents' Day. After it come about, I wish there had been. Then I could have honored my grandmother. Um, I know it, it wasn't about when I was a child, but sometime during the growth of my boys, Grandparents' Day came into effect. Because I remember one Sunday, we were going home from church, and this is, kid says, hey, Mom, look what we made for Grandma and Grandpa. I thought, Grandma and Grandpa, I thought you made stuff for me. You know? And they says, no, Mom, it's Grandparents' Day. I thought, Grandparents' Day? I'd never heard of it. And from then on, I've realized we have Grandparents' Day. Thank God for that. I don't know how many of you were blessed to know your grandparents. I had three sets of grandparents. I had, my mother died when I was just two days old. So I had her set of parents. I had my dad's mother, and I had my stepmother's parents. I didn't care for my stepmother's parents. And I don't know how many of you feel like that, you know? But my grandmother, my dad's mother, raised me until I was three. This is where my roots came from, and I always thought, if I ever get the opportunity to be a grandma, I want to be just like my grandma was. She nurtured me, she taught me. She taught my dad, he taught me, and grandma taught me, and I'm so grateful for that. And today I want to start out with Proverbs 22.6. It says, start your children off on the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't turn from it. You know what? It doesn't say they won't stray a little bit. It doesn't say that they're not going to try different things. It doesn't say they're not going to be tempted. But I believe with all my heart that God will bring them back because that's what his word says. When they're older, they won't depart from it. So I thank God for that. And children normally do what they see their parents do. So if we live a life before them, they're going to watch us and they're going to do as we do. And my second scripture is Proverbs 23, 13 and 14. It says, Do not withhold discipline from your child. If you punish them with a rod, they will not die. Punish them with a rod and save them from death. How many know that can happen? 
I know we can't really use a rod today because the law won't let us. The government won't let us. The government has stopped us a whole lot on our corrections even of our children. And I kind of believe that that's why we have a lot of children in prisons today because we're kind of losing our parental rights simply. And I think that a lot of it is because we don't take our parental rights. You know, if we don't use our parental rights, we lose them. If we don't use our God-given rights, we lose them. <clears throat> Around our house, as Dan can tell you too, we had this little paddle. I don't know if you all remember the little paddle. It looked like a ping-pong paddle with a rubber band on it and a ball on the end that you do like this and hit it so many times. Well, once the rubber band broke and the ball was gone, that was mine. And that became God's word. <laughs> if the kids needed it, they got it. You know, for a long time before that, I would holler at the kids. You know, if you don't get out of there, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And you know what? I never did. And one day, <laughs> I was standing by the kitchen sink washing dishes. The kids were outside playing. And I heard them say, we're going to play house today. But you be the dad, I'll be the mom. But don't worry, I'll just make a lot of noise. I won't do nothing. Bingo, that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> because after that, they had one morning. And then I landed in the middle of them. I thank God today that I have good kids. You know? But they, I love my children. I love my grandchildren. But, you know, when I was babysitting Katie, when she was little, that's Keith and Diane's daughter, she ran out to the road, and there was a car coming. I didn't even think twice. I ran out there to the road, and I grabbed her, and I paddled her little bottom all the way back in the backyard. and said, don't ever, 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 ever do that again. But you know what? That spanking saved her life. Because to my knowledge, she didn't go back out in the road. But it was because I loved her enough to do it. Proverbs 29.15. It says, A rod and a reprimand impart wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces his mother. And you know, it's true like that. Go to a grocery store. Go to a restaurant and see a little boy throw a fit or a little girl throw a fit. Do you reprimand or do you let them go? Who wins, mom or the child? We're supposed to be the parents. And I had a girl come to stay with me one time when I was a young girl. And that evening it seemed like, man, I couldn't do anything right seemed like everything I did I was in trouble for and I was this was wrong and that was wrong. Ruby can't you do it right? Well I was embarrassed. I went to my friend I said I am so sorry my mom is just really a crab tonight. But you know what she said to me? She says at least she cares enough to make you do it right. That spoke to me and I said you know I don't understand what you mean. I don't understand what you're saying because I hear this all the time you're not doing it right. She said, but she cares enough to make you do it right. Our kids may not appear to appreciate it when we correct them, whether it's in front of someone else or just by themselves. They may not appreciate it at the time, but as time goes on, as they get older, they will appreciate it. I guarantee you. They'll come to you later and they'll say, you did okay, Mom, you did good. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely 
so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to your children's children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God in Horeb. This was after Moses got finished leading the children out of Israel. And he wanted them to remember to teach their children and their children's children. This actually, by the way, is the first time grandparents were mentioned in the Bible. Because he said to teach your children that they might teach their children. Remind them of the miracles that you've seen here. Remind them of what you've seen. The slavery that you were in here in Israel. Remind them of these things, that you have your freedom now. Remind them of how the Egyptians gave everything they had to you. Because God had told them, he told Moses, when, these, when they come out, they're not going to be poor people. They're not going to be poor slaves anymore. If you read it, ahead of time, the Israelites gave them their gold bracelets, their gold earrings. They gave them all kinds of things to send them on their way. For one thing, the king was very unhappy because his son had just died. He wanted them out of his way. So he, he told Israel, the Egyptians, give them what they want. Just get them out of here. So we need to continually be training our children and our grandchildren so that they might remember the things of God. Proverbs 31 and 28. This is one of my favorite ones. It says, her children arise and call her blessed. And I can't tell you what it's done for me when my kids stand now and say, Mom, you did a good job raising us. It just blesses me to no end. To see Dan up here leading worship service, I can't tell you what that does for me as a mother. I'm so excited that all my children are in church right now. All my children are serving the Lord. That's, I really can't put it into words because God has so blessed me. He's given me so much there. Second Corinthians 12 and 14. Apostle Paul was talking here. He says, after all, <laughs> children should not have to save up for their parents, but the parents for their children. He was talking to the church of Corinth when he said this, because it was one of the churches that he had started, and he felt like they were his children. So he said, when I come to you, when I come back to you, I'll have everything I need. You don't have to worry about me. You don't have to give me funds. You don't have to give me clothing. You don't have to supply. You don't have to do anything for me. I don't want to be a hardship on you. And in thus saying, our children should not have to support us. And that I thought, you know, when I, I didn't remember ever reading that in the Bible before until God just laid this on my heart. And it, it spoke out so much to me. And then in Proverbs 13, 32... It says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. There again, it mentions the grandchildren. And that meant so much. In Mark 10 and 16, I know I'm probably going through this fast. If I go too fast, somebody raise your hand or slow me down or something, it's okay. Mark 10, 16. It says, And he took the children in his arms 
placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. And at this time was when the parents were bringing the children, and the disciples thought, why are they bothering Jesus? Why are they bothering him with these children? But you know what Jesus said to them? Don't keep these kids away from me. Bring them in, because these children are the kingdom of God. And if we don't teach our kids about the kingdom of God, how are they going to know? He said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. We are to show our children and love them and tell them about the kingdom of God. Whoever does this to the least of these has done this to me. That ministers to my heart. And in Ephesians 6 and 4, it says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. The King James Version says, Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. Have you ever done that? You know, the Bible tells us not to. I'm sure at times that I and my husband both made our boys angry, but that spoke to me. You know, that we're not to work our kids up till they get so angry. Because the next verse in Colossians 3.21 says, If you embitter your children, they'll become discouraged. We don't want our children to become discouraged in things of the Lord. We want them to grow in the Lord, to grow in grace and grow in knowledge. Mark 13, 12, it says, Brother will betray brother to death, a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. This is speaking about end times, but do your children rebel? I think every child does. They're born with rebellion in them. A child has rebellion in them. Take a two-year-old and try to take their bottle away. Try to take their toy away. Mine! They're going to tell you it's theirs. And they'll rebel. As they grow, the rebellion gets a little bit stronger. But if we, if we continue to nurture them and pray with them and teach them and train them, then it's going to help out. And God's going to help you with them. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the childhood things behind me. Are we going with our kids as they get older, teaching them more things? You know, when your kids are little, you start with, Now I lay me down to sleep. Or God is great and God is good. Let us thank him for our food. But as they begin to get a little bit older, are we, still letting, are we still teaching them, now I lay me down to sleep, God is great and God is good? Why aren't we teaching our children to pray like we are, to give God praise, to give him glory, and then make their petitions known? Then tell God what they want, what they need. The kids will appreciate it. I know I have one grandson, and it just amazes me when I go there for a meal. And my daughter-in-law will ask him if he wants to pray. And the first thing here it is. God is great, God is good, let's take more fruit. Amen. You know what? He's 17. And I couldn't tell you sometimes what he's even saying when he's saying it, because he's saying it so fast. But then in the same token, I've been at Dan and Andrea's house when Eli prays. Eli's a prayer. Let me tell you all, if you haven't heard Eli pray, you need to hear Eli pray. Because he is a prayer. He tells God what he wants. And he gives God thanks. He thanks him for everything. Well, no, I say everything. I mean everything. He'll thank him for the sunshine and the grass that's growing. 
You know? And then he's asked God to do the things that he wants him to do. But that shows that he's being trained. He's being taught. I love to hear Eli pray. Now, you may ask yourself, why does God do some things for some that he don't do for me? Why does somebody have more than me? You know? I'm going to pick on three different people if it's okay with them. Bill's going to be one. He doesn't know it yet. Rick's going to be one, and Dan's going to be one. Simply because I know these three gentlemen, I know they each have a beautiful home. I don't know their financial standings. I don't need to. It's none of my business. But Bill, did you and Chris start out with a home like you have today? No. Dan, did you and Andrea start out with a home like you have today? No. Rick, how about you and Lisa? Did you start out with a home like you have today? Why do our kids feel like they have to start out with what we have? You know? And so many of them do. And they go so far in debt. This was before Dave Ramsey. But I, you know, I heard, you know, and, and a lot of my kids had thought they had to have the same things that we had. It took us 40 years to get where we were, to have the home that we had. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't a great home. We had a boat. We had a camper. We worked up to it. We started out in a tent. We didn't start with a camper. You know? But the kids had to have campers. They can't start there. Like I say, this is before Dave Ramsey. <laughs> but if we start teaching our kids now that, you know, watch what you do with your money. It is our responsibility to teach them. If you don't teach them at home, the world's going to teach them. And they'll teach them the wrong way. And you'll be the one to be sorry because they're going to say, Mom, Dad, I need help. And then you're going to have to either help them or say, I can't help you. I don't have it to help you. I can't do it. Or you got yourself into this fix. Get yourself out of it. You know? <clears throat> Are they trying to keep up with the Joneses? Are we sometimes trying to keep up with the Joneses? Maybe we can't afford to. Maybe our, you know, our neighbor has this big, great, big old 42-inch screen TV. And all we've got is this little 14-inch. Do we have to have a 42-inch because the neighbors have one? Do we have to have everything the neighbors have? They got a boat in their yard. I want a boat too. But you know what? If I can't afford it, I can't have it. So we have to go by what we have, and I mean. Matthew 20 and 16 says, so the last will be first and the first will be last. Mm. Does Andrew have a right to say to Dan and Andrea, hey, I'm the oldest kid. You need to buy me more than what you buy Eli. He's only 11 or 12, you know. I've already went through school, so I deserve more. Does he have the right to say that? Does Nathan have the right to say that to Bill and Chris? Because he's older, that he should get more than what Olivia does because she's younger? Or Rick's kids? Or any of you? No, our kids don't have a right to do that. You know why? It's not their money. It's ours. And that leads me to the first part of chapter 20 in the parable of the vineyard. It says, about 9 o'clock in the morning... The owner of the vineyard went out and he saw others standing by the marketplace and doing nothing. So he told them, he says, 
Would you like to come in and work in my vineyard for a full day's wage? Sure. So they come in and they work for that full day's wage. And go on, it's on down a little bit further, and he went out at about noon, and here were some others staying by the gate. He says, would you all like to come in and work in my vineyard? Sure. So they come in, they worked in his vineyard. Then it says later on in the afternoon, just before quitting time, so I would assume it was around 4.30, about 5 o'clock is usually quitting time for us, there were still others out there. He says, why are you still out here? Do you, you know, they said, well, because no one gave him a job. He says, do you want to work? Well, yeah, they said, I want to work. So he says, well, come on in. So you know what? Come quitting time, he started with the ones he had hired last. And he paid them the full day's wage. And then the ones he hired at noon, he also paid a full day's wage. Well, the ones who were hired in the morning said, oh, he's given them a whole day's wage. You know what? He's going to give us a lot more because we've been here all day. But that's not what the word says. The word says he gave them a full day's wage also. And they complained. They said, but you're not being fair. And he says, where? Where am I not being fair? Why am I not being fair? He says, did you not agree to work for an honest day's wage? For an honest day's work? Yeah. He says, okay. Then why are you so angry? Because I give the one who just started a full day's wage. Isn't it my money? Are you jealous because you didn't get what they got? Or are you jealous because I give my money the way I wanted to? Because I wanted to be generous to these, to these that came last. I wanted to give it to them. Oftentimes we do this. You may look at Bill and say, well, how come you got a better house than I got? Or you can look at Dan or Rick. But you know what? It's not, up to, it's not always up to you. When we, when we get paid for what we do, that's what we're due. Is God always fair? Maybe, maybe not. But he is just. He always promises to be just. I have 10 grandchildren. Should the oldest one say, I'm 21? Give me more than what you give the youngest one who's 11? No. Not right. It's my money. It's up to how I want to give it to him. If I want to be more generous with one than the other. I'm not, but if I wanted to, I could. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was six years old. And I've been serving him ever since. I've been in children's choir. I was in the youth choir. I was in the adult choir. Been in Sunday school. Anything that went on, I was there. Worked with the missionette girls. Worked in nursery. I've always been involved with nursery just about all my life. But you know what? That was 60-some years ago. Trudy gave her heart to the Lord on Mother's Day, on May the 15th. And you know what? She has the same blessings from God that I have. God is not a respecter of persons. Trudy's just a new believer. She's a new baby in Christ. I've been there a long time. Is God fair? Maybe, maybe not. But is he just? Always. Always. If you, don't, if you don't know Jesus, you know, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, I would encourage you 
to get with one of the pastors or get with one of the leadership team. Or if there's someone here in the church that you know and you feel comfortable talking to, talk with them. We'll be glad to talk with you. We'll be glad to help you to find your way to the Lord, that you can be a child of God just like we are. Because you know what? God doesn't have any grandchildren. Like it or not, he has no grandchildren. He has only children. As we accept him into our heart, that we become a child of the king. We become a child of God. So we each have to go on our own merit. We can't go on mom's shirt tail or dress tail. Can't go on dad's shirt tail because dad was in church or mom was in church. We can't do that. We each one have to go on our own. I'd like to share something else that I wasn't even going to share. It's not even in my notes. But God kind of laid it on my heart this morning to share it. Something that happened when I was a kid. Not very many people have ever heard this. But God says share it this morning with this body of people. I don't know the reason why, but I'm going to share it. When I was in the fifth grade, everybody else in the class had to buy a big box of 48 crayons. I know you think, whoopee, now they got 100 in a box. But at that time, 48 was the big box, okay? I had a box of 16. I wanted crayons like the other kids did. You know what I did? I don't know if any of you are familiar with Collinsville or a long time ago, there was a Newberry's Five and Dime store. And you younger people may not know what a Five and Dime store is. It's a store that's about as big as maybe this section of the room. But I went in that store and I stole a box. And I got back to school. I was a little bit late from lunch. And usually after lunch, we always had show and tell time. But we didn't have show and tell time that day. There was somebody had something missing from their desk. And she come to me. I said, I don't have anything. That's my first thing. I don't have anything. She says, you don't have anything like what? What are you talking about? There was guilt in here. She says, you don't have anything like what? I, said, I don't have anything for show and tell. She says, well, we're down on show and tell. So-and-so lost something from her desk. We're trying to find out where it's at. So I went that whole afternoon feeling guilty in here. I couldn't concentrate on studies. I couldn't do anything. And come Sunday when they were talking about the Ten Commandments. Whoa, thou shalt not steal. I said, Lord, I did. I stole. I stole something. Forgive me, Father. And you know what? He did forgive me. I couldn't forgive myself. And I went on until my kids were all in school. And trying to teach them you don't take something that doesn't belong to you. And it hit me again. But you did. You know what I did? All my kids, I had all five of my boys. But I went to the Newberry store that day and I said, I need to talk to the manager. And the manager came out. He thought there was something really bad wrong. He says, yes, ma'am. He says, what, what's the problem? Well, how can I help you? I says, I want to pay for a box of 48 crayons. And he looked at my hands. He says, you don't have them. I says, I know I don't have them today, but I had them back when I was in the fifth grade. I, I took them. I came in and I stole them. He says, you realize they're a lot more now than what they were then? I says, yeah. I says, but I need to forgive myself. You see, I've rededicated my heart to Jesus. And I want to make things right. I have children now, and I can't teach my children you don't take what don't belong to you if you don't do it yourself. So he says, well, they're almost twice the price of what they were then. I says, well, 
You know what? The Bible says if you get something from somebody, give it back with interest. I guess that's interest. So I wasn't bad. I wasn't upset a bit with giving him the money. And he laughed at me. He said, I don't want your money. I says, no, you have to take it because I have to clear this up with me. How, do you realize that you're your own worst enemy? God will forgive you of anything you ask him to. But will you forgive yourself? It's a hard thing to forgive yourself. I know. I'm speaking from past experience. And I carried this with me. Every time something would go, I always had this thing hanging on me because I had taken them crayons. And I could not let that go. I just could not let it go. Try as hard as I might. I could not let it go until I went and I paid for them crayons. And I walked out of there praising God. I was free. I was free. I could, pay, I could forgive myself. God had forgiven me a long time ago, but I could finally forgive myself. And that's one of the hardest things is forgiving yourself. I don't know if any of you have ever been in that shape or not. I don't know. But God told me today, just bury your soul with the people here today. I, like I said, not many people had ever heard this story. I think there might have been two people. I didn't want to share it. You know why? Because if I kept it on the back shelf of my mind and my brain, nobody else would know about it. They couldn't say, naughty, naughty, naughty. You know, they couldn't say, oh, look what you done. But I knew it. I knew it. And then I asked God again to forgive me. You know, the word says if you come to the altar and ask God for anything, first go to someone you've done wrong to. If you have ought against your brother, if you've hurt them, Go to them first and ask forgiveness. Tell them what you've done and ask forgiveness. Boy, that's hard. That is hard. Before we have communion, I say, Lord, if there's anything that I need to make right before I do this, show me. Show me, because that's what the Word says to do. But that's hard. I can't tell you how hard it is to go to somebody and say, I took something that belongs to you. Did you know that? First thing you're going to think is, oh, see if you have another chance. You know, but that's self. That's flesh. But God says to do this. Go to your brother or your sister. Make things right. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for this opportunity today to share Lord, I thank you for putting in my heart the things that you wanted to have said. And I've asked you with your Holy Spirit, Lord, to speak through me that it would minister to someone here today, Lord. And Father God, if there's someone else here like I was, Lord, I ask right now that you would bring things to the surface that they can ask forgiveness, that they can come to you, that they can ask you into their heart. And say, yes, Jesus, I want you in my heart. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I believe that you rose the third day. And I want you here in my heart, Jesus. God will meet you there as you come to him. He'll meet you there. He loves you. He wants to come to you. If you ask him how much he loves you, he'll spread his hands out all the way and he'll say, I loved you enough. I died for you. Father God, I just thank you for sending your son for each one of us. And I thank you for this Grandparents' Day. Thank you so much, Lord. I give you praise and I give you glory in Jesus' name. Before I finish, I'd like to 
share something that might strike home with some of you. Before I was a mom, I didn't know what it was all about to wake up in the middle of the night with my first newborn son just to make sure he was still breathing, to make sure he was still there, most of all to make sure he was still mine. Before I was a mom, I didn't know what it was to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and step on Legos and army men and matchbox cards and do the ouchie dance <laughs> because it hurt, you know? You don't do that before you're a mom. Before I was a mom, I didn't know what it was to have a six-month-old baby with pneumonia with fever spiking to 106 and 107, not knowing if that baby was going to live till morning. And I spent the night by his crib praying, crying out to God for him. Didn't know what that was till I was a mom. That was Keith. Thank God the next morning the fever was broke. The first one I told you about, the first one was Jay. He was my firstborn son. And I just, I checked, I don't know how many times that night just to make sure he was still there, that he was mine. And number four, I didn't know what it was like to have a small child put to sleep for surgery for the first time. And if any of you parents have had a child that's had been put to sleep for any kind of surgery, it's so frightening. It's so scary to know you can't do a thing, but you can pray. God will always meet you in prayer. He always meets us in prayer, no matter what the circumstances or where we're at. Whether you're sitting in church, whether you're sitting at home, you can be sitting on the toilet stool and God will meet you in prayer. It doesn't matter where you're at. In fact, that's where he usually meets me at. He usually has my most attention. <laughs> Before I was a mom, I didn't know what it was like to have a 14-year-old son come hobbling down the street, holding on to two brothers' shoulders because his foot was hurting. Dan come around the house, Mom, come quick, Larry's hurt. Now, Larry was this tall, lanky kid like Andrew, and I didn't even think. I ran out and I grabbed, picked him up and carried him in the house. I don't know where I got the strength. Yes, I do. God did that. Carried him in the house and cleaned his wounds and bandaged his foot so he could go back out and play again. He had cut his foot very deeply on something. I cleaned it out with peroxide and bandaged it, but that was Larry. Before I was a mom, I didn't know what it was to have a son feel like he couldn't do anything right. The more he tried to live for Jesus and tried to do good, it seemed like the more went wrong. This was Dan when he had his Jeep. I went out in the garage one day when he was out there working. He was just in tears. He says, Mom, why? The harder I try, the more I do for the Lord. He says, everything goes wrong. Today it's this, yesterday it was that, tomorrow it's this. He says, every day something else goes wrong. I really didn't have an answer for him then. But thank God Dan's found out it pays to hold on. It pays to keep serving. Dan's got his ducks in a row. Thank God for that. Before I was a mom, I didn't know what it was to have a six-year-old son walk across the top of the swing set like a trapeze. I'd watched him do this four times. He says, hey, mom, watch this. Guess what? He fell and broke his arm. <laughs> that would be Clay, my younger son. Before I was a mom, I didn't know what it was to have a son start school for the first time. Your mom's going to attest to that. Before I was a mom, I didn't know what it was to go out driving for the first time with the son either. When they start for the driver's license, is that an awakening? Before I was a mom, I didn't know what it was to have a child graduate from high school. And I sat there and the tears just flowed because of the pride. I was so proud of them as they started playing the pomp and stance. And of course, our last name was Burns, so they were at the head of the group. So I bawled through the whole bunch of them, you know. But to see them boys come down the aisle 
with her cap and gown, know they'd made it. It just blessed me so much. And then before I was a mom, I didn't know what it was to see my boys walk down the aisle to become a husband. What can you say? Before I was a grandmother, I didn't know what it was to see a child born that was blood of my blood, flesh of my flesh, and I didn't have to go through the pain and labor of it. You know, thank God. And I love my grandkids. Before I was a grandma, I didn't know what it was to have a newborn grandchild born, only to be taken from the hospital and rushed over to children's hospital because they had kidney stones. I'd never heard of a baby having kidney stones. But the fear that grabs your heart and grips your heart. Before I was a grandmother, I didn't know what it was to be able to go to a school program or a church program and see my grandkids there participating. And again, the tears just roll because I'm so proud. Before I was a grandmother, I didn't know what it was to get a phone call and say, your grandson's just been shot in the eye with a rubber band on the bus. Scary things. Before I was a grandmother, I didn't know what it was to have a grandchild with difficult illness. Again, scary things. Before I was a grandmother, I didn't know what it was to have a, hear that a grandchild could be on a wrecked school bus. Puts the fear of God in you. It puts you on your knees and you pray all the harder. Before I was a grandmother, I never got to go to grandparents' day at school. What a treat. What a pleasure. God is so good. Before I was a grandmother, I didn't know what it was to have grand grandchildren graduate high school. Again, with tears streaming down my face as the kids come in with the pomp and stance. And again, they're at the front of the line because all their names begin with a B also. And before I was a grandmother, I never got to see my granddaughter walk down the aisle to become a bride. Not become a bride, she was the bride, and a beautiful bride, to become a wife to someone. But you know, through all these things, I thank God he was always there. Any trouble I ever had, I could go to him in prayer. I could meet him on my knees anywhere, anytime. He always met me there. Didn't matter. Like I said, my best place was usually in the, in the throne room on the stool. But you know why? Because it was quiet. Nobody come in there to, hey, Mom. That was the best place I could go. You know, we all need a prayer closet. Well, let me encourage you. That's a good prayer closet because nobody will come in, especially if you're doing the big one. They ain't coming near, you know. But praise God for that. Praise God for that. Bill? Can, uh, can we show some appreciation to Ms. Ruby Burns today for sharing? I know Ruby would say, glory to God. I got to tell you, um, praise God for you. I mean it. And uh, a force to be reckoned with, Ruby Burns. That's what you are. <laughs> I'll never forget when we went to Guatemala with her. And uh, good Lord, we... We were on mission with the woman of God, and, and we thank you for that. Um, I, I want to read a, a little before where she read from Proverbs, and this is what it says. And I wonder in our culture today, do we have time to sit and listen to wisdom? I mean, do we have the humility um, to think we don't know it all yet, and that someone might have something to teach us? And the Proverbs, before what you read in 31, says this. Uh, she speaks with wisdom. This is a godly woman. And faithful instruction is found on her tongue. 
-hmm. And uh, I know that's God's glory, Ruby, but I thank yes. you for coming and sharing today. Could I read one more thing? <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> I just found this this morning, something I got at First Assembly some time back. It says, God bless grandparents. We got on yeah. grandparents' day. It says, God bless grandparents for all that they share, their wisdom, their faith, and their love beyond compare. Yeah. And that just says it all. Praise God. So we're going to have Dan after the awesome to come up and lead us in a final song this morning. We're going to stand and worship. What Ruby said is serious. The forgiveness of Christ is available. Yes. That's yes. why we get here. That's what we celebrate is Jesus, yes. this forgiver of our sins. Love you. <laughs> See, he called me blessed. <laughs> praise God. So anyway, stand and sing or worship and respond if you feel inclined.